Welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. This is a weekly series that showcases the world of sports with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. From the recruiters and players to the teams and coaches, we've got it all covered. Now, here's your host, Coach Hurley Brown. Hey, welcome to the Get Down with Hurley Brown. I'm your host, Hurley Brown, coming to you live from Merritt Island, Florida, home of the Mighty Mustangs. Hey, family, first of all, the first thing I want to do is just take a quick moment of silence for the Indianapolis Coast linebacker, 26-year-old Edwin Jackson, um, who was actually with an Uber driver. They were in a car accident. They were struck by a drunk driver. And um, the, the Uber driver's name is Jeffrey Moore. Then Rasul Butler and his wife, Leah LaBelle Butler. So just real quick, a quick moment of silence just to recognize that, you know, hey, man, life is precious, life is short, and we never know when, you know, God is going to make that call. So to, to all those families and all those people involved, man, my heart goes out to you. Prayers from the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Take a quick silence, a quick moment of silence. Okay, family, we are back. We are back. Hey, joining us today. We got um, Hall of Fame offensive lineman. You see, you've heard him before. He's been on the show with us before, but we're bringing him back. A lot of great things happened this past weekend in the National Football League. The greatest weekend of the entire season and arguably one of the greatest Super Bowls we've ever witnessed. So we're going to bring Leon Searcy back, Hall of Fame offensive lineman, first-round draft choice. And we're also we're honored – to have the only coach that has all five of the University of Miami's national Arthur, championship ranks. No. Hall, Hall of Fame offensive line coach Arthur Francis Joseph Kehoe, the ninth. He's actually from Pennsylvania. He's actually from Conchahawken, Pennsylvania. So you, you got to figure he's an Eagles fan. So I know he's on cloud nine. I talked to him yesterday, and man, he is ecstatic about a great win. So and we got also got my, my co-host, Kelvin Harris. Kelvin, welcome back to the show. Big Sir, yeah. you there, big fella? Big Sir. Yeah, I'm here. There you go. There you go. Hey, again, hey, arguably one of the greatest weekends in, in the history of national football, in the history of the National Football League. Big Sir, man, we saw some good things. Man, yeah, I do. Hey, as a matter of fact, I got to tell you all something real quick. I got to share this story with you. I'm actually sitting here in pain. Okay, I, I'm hurting right now. I was out there working, and Kelvin, I'm, I'm upset with you because you put something on my, you posted something on my Facebook after all that hard work I did. But I'm out there working the other day, and I messed around. I slipped and fell on my side. Oh, from about about four feet up, maybe five. And mm. dude, when I, when I tell you, out of all the football that I've played, all these years playing football, I have never been hit like that before in my life. I am hurting. It hurts to breathe. It hurts to move. Big search. I'm hurting right now, big dog. But it's all good. It's all good. Um, we're going to fight through this thing. We're going to do what we do. We're going to press on. So, hey, we also got a chance to witness our boy, Sugar Ray Lewis, getting yeah. his induction into the Hall of Fame. Now, that was priceless. That was priceless. Him, and we got to, you know, we got to give kudos to. Brian Dawkins, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, Bobby Beathard, 
Jerry Kramer, Robert Brazil, and Brian Urlacher, who are, you know, I thought was probably one of the greatest football players, you know, <laughs> athletically, especially linebackers in the game at the time that he played. So, hey, congratulations to you guys. And Big Sir, you know what it feels. You know what it's like. You've been inducted into a Hall of Fame before. So how, how precious is that? Well, I mean, it is very precious. I mean, it's nothing like the NFL Hall of Fame, to be quite honest with you. But, you know, listen, I didn't strive to make the NFL Hall of Fame. I was grateful and thankful to make the University of Miami Hall of Fame. That's all I wanted, to be quite honest with you. That, that's all I wanted. As, as, as monumental as it is to be inducted to the NFL Hall of Fame, the whole weekend is nice. I mean, the guys... Believe it or not, these guys that are going into the Hall of Fame, uh, like Ray, I, I was actually watching on TV before Ray, um, uh, before they told Ray that he was inducted in the first. I mean, he's the last person to be nervous, but he, for some reason, he was in his hotel room, you know, pacing back and forth, you know, saying how nervous and anxious he was. Come on now, I, you know, good dog or well, Ray was going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame now. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's still it's, something it's, different, it's, man. Even he was talking about, you know, just like waiting for the draft. There's still that no. question. You know, now not when it not when it comes to Ray. Now some other yeah. guys might have had opportunity to worry about. So, well, you know, good and doggone well that Ray Lewis was going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame, or they just need to cut the just need to shut down the Hall of Fame altogether. I mean, yeah. the man has been. Yeah. Um, he had. Listen, I I mean, I have a great I have a great Ray Lewis story. I mean, when he first came into the league, of course, coming out of the University of Miami. When I was playing with the Jacksonville Jaguars, I, we never lost to the Ravens. We never mm-hmm. lost to the Ravens. Uh, you know, all the times that we played the Ravens, but the one thing that was consistent about the game when we played the Ravens was Ray. Uh, sideline to sideline, he was going to go get it. The only knock on Ray early on in his career as a linebacker is that you could run at Ray and get yards because he ain't had them horses in the middle that he did when they won that championship. When they got Sarah Goosa and Sam Adams, you could get the Ray. Then you, then we, you couldn't get the Ray up the middle. It's over. It was a wrap. I remember his first game he played against us in Jacksonville. We beat him by 20, but Ray had 15 tackles, two sacks, and a strip fumble. I was like, good Lord. And we won by 20. Wow. No, he's a beast, man. I I never forget working out with him. I mean, Ray was benching over 400 pounds his sophomore year in college. You know, we trained together in one offseason, man. That's when I got, you know, got real close to him. And you're talking about a guy that worked out seven days a week. Ray would come over there, and you know, and, and I know um, that there's something very special to all of us. And, and uh, we just, hey, we were just joined by Coach Art Keo. Coach, Coach Keo, how you doing, buddy? Arthur Francis. Uh, is this Hurley Brown and Leon Cersei, two of my favorite ball players in the history of the game? Yes, and, and also um, Kelvin Snatched the Man Harris, who's probably one of your least favorite. Absolutely. <laughs> <Kelvin Harris, laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to get him back, sir. He was talking all that junk the other day on my dog on Facebook post, so I got to get him back. But hey, we're, we're joined by Arthur Francis Joseph Kehoe III. And guys, again, this is the guy who has the, one of the only people who has all five of the national championships that the University of Miami has won, the national championship rings. He's got a Hall of Fame ring. He's got like 12 or 13 different rings uh, the um, conference rings, national championship rings, Hall of Fame rings, and he's arguably one of the greatest football minds. He's like a walking encyclopedia, actually for sports, not just football. But Coach, who we were just here talking about Ray Lewis, and you were part of the staff that recruited Ray Lewis, 
you know, talking about him finally getting into the Hall of Fame as a first ballot Hall of Famer. And he's our hurricane brother, man. We're so excited about him. You know, we're just going through a couple of stories. I know you got a million stories you can tell. Just share one with the family. Hey, if you, if you remember, you know, with Ray, uh, you know, he came out of, uh, I think it was Lakeland Kathleen. Yep. Yeah, and, Lakeland Kathleen and, High School. And he, and, and, and you know, he was, I, you know, I didn't know at the time, because we kind of got in on him. I think Tommy Tuberville was recruiting him, and we got in on him a little bit late. And and he had to wait on a on a score, so we didn't sign him. And we got I remember uh, we were on vacation in the middle of the summer on our first day of vacation, and I picked up like a Miami Herald and a, and I read where we just signed Ray Lewis because he had he had made his uh, his scores and everything, you know. And yeah. and the, the the next thing you know, he shows up on campus, and we got an injury. I think it was uh, maybe Dan Morgan or somebody that was pretty good got hurt, and he oh, Robert he Bass. ended up starting Robert Bass. games and just Robert making Bass. every tackle. The field. I go, man, that guy. We didn't really we weren't all over him on the recruiting wire, but we probably should have been, you know, because he's he's like he was dynamic, man. And you got to remember. He was a wrestler in high school, so when we signed him, you know, he was coming off a state championship undefeated wrestling season, and I think, like, the two years before that, he only lost, like, one match, and 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 so he only, he only lost, like, two matches in his whole high school career, and he was an unbelievable football player, and then he, then he comes down here, and, and, uh, and, and he probably only weighed, like, 200 pounds when he got here, you know? Yeah, he was, yeah. He was always cutting weight for wrestling. I think his senior year he wrestled at 188, you know? Right. So, so he was – so this guy – and then for the day he set foot on campus, it was like, oh, there's that dude, man. He was just always seeing him. He was always creating creating a ruckus all the time, you know? Yeah, now Ray, Ray's got an amazing story. And, you know, we're going to save that story until he actually comes on the show. Ray, I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of things to do out there, my brother. But congratulations. We love you. And we can't wait for you to get, come on, on the Get Down with Hurley Brown and share some of your story. I know all of this stuff is out there on YouTube and all this other stuff. But, man, I watched Ray when he came into the University of Miami. And, dude, I'm just to, – to watch a 17-year-old kid come into college – and the, demand the respect that he demanded, go out there and work the way that he worked, and to see him, what is it, 30 years later? Almost 30, almost 30 years later, I would say. Dude, come on, bro. You're talking about one of the greatest stories in, in sports. All the stuff that he's endured, all the stuff that he's gone through, you know, and for him to be able to, for them to be able to recognize his accomplishments, on the field at this particular moment. And again, who was there with him? Mama. Mama was right yeah. there in the hotel room with him, and they shared that moment together. You know, hey, I recruited his son. I signed his son to the University of Miami. His youngest son, Rayshon, is actually getting heavily recruited right now. He's got University of Central Florida, University of South Florida. He's got Wake Forest. He's got Duke. Great kid. This kid only played one year of high school football. And both of his sons, two of his other sons, um, are also are actually playing college football right now. And this is the last one. And you're talking about just creating a legacy 
you know, and to have his legacy come, you know, come forward at this point of his life, man, that is awesome. So, hey, again, Ray Lewis, man, we love you. Can't wait to get you on the show. Come and talk some of this get down stuff with Hurley Brown and, and Kelvin Harris, Leon Cersei, Coach Keogh. But guys, we also got Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, two of the best receivers to have ever played the game. Randy Moss was a freak of nature. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just to be that size and to be that fast. And Randy Moss has got a hell of a story, too. Now, I mean, he went to a couple of different colleges, didn't he? Notre Dame, Florida State. Notre Dame, Florida State. I'm glad, I'm glad he left Florida State. Ended up at Marshall. Boy, that would have been ugly. Hey, but family, we're going to take a break real quick. We would have locked him come, down. We would have locked him down, big sir. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, hey if, if, if we could get certain down there this weekend, then we had that argument to make. But, well, I don't know what happened. I don't know. I, I'm, just, I'm glad he didn't, he didn't go to Florida State. I stayed at Florida State. But anyway, we're going to take a break real quick. And we, when we come back, we're going to finish up this Hall of Fame list. And then we're going to jump into one of the greatest games in the history of the National Football League. We'll take a break. We'll be right back to get down with Hurley Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're diving into planning your 2018 outdoor adventures. Find out about prime DIY hunting opportunities across the country. Get the how-tos of applying for tags and listen for advice from the pros who hunt full-time. Joining us is Kevin Steele, host of Peterson's Hunting Adventures, Jeremy Millette with Silencer Shop, Mrs. Bunny, and more. It's presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, we are back. And I must tell you, I'm sitting here, I'm sweating, I'm hurting. It hurts to call. It hurts to breathe. But just like Coach Juan said, said way back in the day, don't tell me about the pain, just deliver the baby. So we're going <laughs> to deliver this baby right now. So we're going to keep rolling. Hey, again, congratulations to all these guys, to the class of 2018, the Hall of Fame inductees. Guys, we were just talking about Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, 
And again, man, hey, my heart goes out to these guys. We got a chance. Guys of our age in this era, we got a chance to watch greatness. You know, yeah. a lot of people, yeah, you know, a lot of people talk all this stuff about T.O. and stuff. Hey, look, man, you're talking about one of the guys and you could see his work ethic. You could see him play. And you knew that he was giving it everything that he had day in and day out. What he did in that Super Bowl was special. You talking about a guy that was basically coming off a broke leg, still basically had a broke leg, and you couldn't tell. I mean, he was the best player on the field. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And he's been the best player on a bunch of fields a whole lot of times. First, did you get a chance to play against him? Uh, no, I, ne- I never got a chance to play against him. But, you know, I've always admired all these guys. All these guys you are going into the Hall of Fame. And one thing – the one thing that they have in common that I admire the most is that they've always wanted to be great. You think about Ray Lewis. You think about Ray. Ray loved being great. Everything that he did, he wanted to be great at. And I and I had the opportunity actually two days ago to call a guy, uh, call off a guy who the greatest offensive lineman I ever played with was Damani Dawson. I actually had a chance Ooh. to talk to Damani Dawson about two days ago. I asked him about the you know the Hall of Fame and what it meant to him to be in the Hall of Fame. And the first thing that came out of his mouth is that, you know, listen, Leon, I wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame if it wasn't for you guys to play right along with me. Right. And that meant a lot. That meant a lot oh, to yeah. me. You know, I played four years with, with Damani, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But as great as he was, he's probably the greatest offensive lineman I ever played with in my national football year, year career. But to still be humble enough to say, hey, Leon, I wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame if I didn't play next to guys like you, you know, that made my job easier, which is Straight bull, listen, I've been in games with the money where we run a tall sweep where the center pulls and tries to get the mic, and I pull around the, the, the tight end goes down, and I go around for the outside linebacker. And I've been at times in games where the money's been right on my heels, which actually was quite embarrassing when you see it on film. But that's the kind of guy he was. The money Dawson was the kind of guy who would hit you in the mouth and then bake you cookies. I mean, that's that's the kind of guy he was, I'm just telling you. So, I mean, all those guys, the one thing I admire about all those guys going to the Hall of Fame is each and every one of them wanted to be great, were great, and uh, and, and they, they didn't settle for anything other than greatness. Right. I'm thinking that, look at that 94 it, so. Kings defense, though, guys. That 94 Kings defense had two Hall of – two first ballot Hall of Famers on it. Two first ballot two Hall of Famers and Warren Sapp and Ray Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, and then the two yeah, first round draft pick defense fans, Kenny uh, Holmes and uh, Kennard Lane in the front seven. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. Special. And then you look at your secondary now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Carl Richardson. Yep. Yeah, CJ Richardson. You had um, Carlos Jones. Yeah, Chad. All of those. Guys. Yep. Chad Wilson. I mean, dude, you that, that was a, a great defense at that time. Coach, yeah, you know, that should have been your sixth ring right there. No Should have been. Coach, yeah, y'all, we, we lost um, Nebraska that year, right? Yeah. The, Nebraska and um, Lawrence Phillips. Yeah, but they, well, they led the whole who game. Who was our offensive line that year? Oh, uh, that was Zev Lemelski and the crew. Lemelski, what, Cristobal? No, Cristobal was gone. No, I think it was I, – I, I, you know what? I actually watched that game, game three days ago. It was Zev. It was uh, Simonette, Casey Jones, Terrell, yeah. Casey Jones, Terrell Green, and the left tackle was uh, what's his name? Ricky. 
Yeah, yeah number 73. Y'all gave my number away real quick. Ricky Perry. So I'll let y'all know that. Ricky Perry. Ricky Perry, yeah. My number lasted about, what, one year? Yeah, wow. but you know what? Yeah, yeah, he, had he had a bad foot. <laughs> if feet, yeah, he did have a bad foot. Hey, but guys, but again, uh, we witnessed some great stuff this past weekend, and dude, we got to get on this game. I, well, I know we only get an hour, but there's a whole lot of stuff that we can talk about with this game. The thing I'm going to leave the Hall of Fame class inductees with for all you young fellas, all you young guys that strive to play the game, that strive to be great. Dude, I've watched greatness. And as Leon said, all of these guys wanted to be great, and you saw it in their work ethic. You saw it. Ray Lewis was a three-time state champion in wrestling. Everybody, everybody, nobody wanted to give him an opportunity. University of Miami stepped in, gave him, gave him an opportunity, played 17 years in the National Football League, won two Super Bowls, MVPs, Pro Bowlers, one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Guys, go to work. Go to work. If you're not running track, you should be. If you're not going to camp, Leon Cersei, Coach Kehoe are going to hold some offensive line camps this summer, this spring oh. and this summer. You better go out there and try to you, – hey, you better go out there and get great. That's the only way you're going to get great. You have to work when nobody else is working. Bill Bradley said a long time ago, when you're not working, someone else is working, and when you meet him, he will beat you. So you take that and you run with it. Every, every time yeah. these guys got an opportunity, they work. When nobody else is watching, because I'm with Ray on Sunday mornings, when everybody else is hungover, still hanging out and wanting to sleep in the bed, Ray was in the, in the doggone weight room getting Dana LaDuke up out of his bed Come and open it up for him so he and Marlon Barnes could get a workout in. So, hey, hey, Marlon, I know you're up there. I know you, hey, man, I, I bet you, you and God, y'all high fiving all the way down the doggone, you know, walking on the clouds right now because your boy and Marlon, you had a lot to do with it because you were there. You pushed Ray, he pushed you, y'all pushed each other, and you pushed him right into greatness, my brother. And I know you've been looking out for him. You've been that angel looking over his shoulder every day. So, Marlon, we love you. We miss you. Ray, congratulations. Now, hey, Coach Kehoe. Hey, Ernie, Ernie, yeah. Ray, yeah. I want to say something. The, the four of us on the phone, we have been fortunate enough to actually, you know, Coach Kehoe even more than us, but the three of us, we played with three Hall of Famers. I mean, yes, something, three first ballot Hall of Famers, Michael Irvin, Cortez Kennedy, RIP, and Sapp. I mean, how many people can say that in your college career, you crossed the path with three first ballot Hall of Famers that you were Not a lot of people can say that. And then again, I was I, I was part of all four of them. I got a yeah. chance to be, and when we all were, but I got a chance. I was there on that staff when 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 uh, Ray was being recruited. And boy, I'm telling you, you saw it. You saw it when he walked on campus. He was different. And Coach Keo, you know how about those recruiting meetings go. We talk about those alpha males. Ray was that alpha male when he walked on campus, and you knew then. You didn't know he was going to be all of famer, no, but you knew he was going to be something special. You knew he wasn't just bug-eyed and, and, and wanting to take reps as like a freshman, a little bit bug-eyed. He was, he was like, hey, I'm here, and I'm a bad I'm a badass, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm here to do nothing but, but take, take names, man. He was unbelievable. Exactly, exactly. He's an unbelievable now, player. So again, congratulations, my brother. We love you. You keep doing what you're doing, and you're doing a great job 
on um, inside the NFL too. You and JB and um, Phil yeah, Sims. Yeah. yeah, boy, y'all, they, they be cracking me up. Brandon Marshall, hey, I don't know, that's your homeboy, sir. Brandon Marshall, he, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I, I, I love him though. I love him. That joke come in there with whatever he want to come on. He just dress however he want to dress, don't he? He's a little different. Yeah, but I tell you what, he's a hell of a commentator. He's a great analyst, and he's one hell of a football player. He made Central Florida very proud, extremely proud. Oh yeah. We ain't gonna get into that UCF stuff. But anyway, so let's let's continue again. Coach Kehoe. Hey, can I ask a question here to to Hurley and and Leon and Special K? Is it true right now the champions of the football world are the Philadelphia Eagles from my own town? <laughs> it is absolutely yeah. true. You are correct. Oh, my goodness. Hey, Coach Keo, I've been on these guys. Now, Ray Ellis is my mentor. Ray played for the Philadelphia Eagles back in the day. And, man, Coach Keo, they were on me last week about this game. I took the yeah. Patriots. So it was 3-1. to one. Everybody else took the Eagles but me. And I'm paying for it right now. So, again, hey, but it was a great game. Now, so right now, and again, guys, we do this on purpose now. Now, Kelvin Harris is my co-host. Kelvin does all my shows with me. Leon Searcy is my brother. You know, hey, that's my dude. Offensive lineman. Kelvin Harris, offensive lineman. Coach Kehoe, one of the greatest offensive line coaches in college football. Now, you guys tell me, was that not one of the greatest offensive line performances in the history of the Super Bowl? Travis Kelsey. That's all I'm saying. By both teams. By yeah. both teams. Over Travis 80 passes Kelsey. and only one sack. Travis Kelsey. I'm going to just keep saying it. That guy. And then Kelsey, Kelsey was a walk on in college. I know. And again, Man, we, we witnessed some great stuff this weekend, Big Serves. Yeah, yeah, we hey, miss. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, hey Leon. I, I, I was. They ran that outside zone pretty good, didn't they? They did. They did. They stretched they it real well. And I love the way they were able to get off to that job, second bro. level, especially that center. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Travis Kelsey. That was a thing of beauty, man. That's clinic real, bro. Young man. He is a bad man. Leon, and what then, do you think about Lane Johnson? He's the best right tackle in football, I think. I think he could be a left tackle, I mean, but... I think he'd be a well, I mean, that, that might be his future moving on. I mean, Jason Peters depends on how Jason Peters, who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame himself, just depends on how serious and severe that injury is, uh, will determine whether he goes, he's going to move to left or he's going to stay at right. But if, if he comes back healthy, I mean, they're the best bookends in, in, in the NFL right now. I mean, right now, yeah. I, I and I watch. Right now, yeah, because I watch offensive line play. They're the two best tackles before Jason. They're the two, they're the two best bookends um, in, in football right now. It's, so it, that has a lot to do. And then you got Kelsey. You got that center. Anytime you got a beast like that at center who kind of sets the tempo on how they move the crowd because that's what they did with the New England Patriots defense, man. They were definitely moving the crowd. They were getting to the second level. Like Coach Keogh was saying, they were running that stretch play to perfection. I mean, they were it to perfection. Perfection. I mean, the steps, the head placement, the, the attack points, the double runs, teams. Didn't you notice, Leon, when they were doing the replays on those their 10-yard outside zones they were running, there was a bunch of mm-hmm. hat-on-hats. You know, they would get the outside number, the, the uncovered guy would get the down man, and then they'd be up on it, yep. and, and all the hats were covered. And, heck, I could have yep. ran through them holes. I ain't gonna say all that. They, they started putting in an extra offensive lineman to make it even easier. 
instead of a tight end, they put in an old lineman, and they really was getting the corner at that point. You know, they, they showed oh, one man. where where Kelsey came up. He got the nose. He got the shade. The guard then took over the, the shade. Then he exactly he went up to the second level, and the backer was flowing, and he pushed the backer about five to six yards away from the hole. And and um, I want to say blunt nose. His athletic ability is you don't really see that oh, phenomenal. anymore. Phenomenal, phenomenal. His but look, we also is, take in consideration. We also have to take in consideration as good as the offensive line played with the Philadelphia Eagles, that wasn't the steel curtain they were going up against. The New England Patriots have struggled <laughs> all year defensively. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but okay. So defense. so that brings us to this point, Malcolm Butler. Yeah. What? I mean, again, Ma- Ma- Malcolm Butler was arguably one of the best players, one of the best defensive players for the New England Patriots. Okay, so he, whatever he did, and he did some stuff, and we're going to talk about it, but Coach Bill Belichick decided not to play him on the defensive side of the ball. He played special teams, but the way that he did it, Coach Keogh, he came to him at the beginning of the game and told him that he wasn't going to start, and they went to row the corner, and started him, told him he was going to start. Now, this is this you know, is this kid's you, first you know, time you ever starting. You could argue that that decision may have cost the game. You could argue that, and, and we're going to argue that. You know, we, um, and again, as a coach, if, if you are Art Kehoe and you've been coaching for almost 40 years, you're coaching – for the, 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 in the biggest game of the season, arguably one of the biggest games of your career, do you make that call? And as a matter of fact, Coach, I want you to hold that thought. Sirs, I'm going to propose that same question to you and Kelvin. We're going to take a break, and when we get back, I want to hear your answers. All right? The biggest game of the season, your best defensive player on the field. He misses curfew because he's at a Rick Ross concert. He actually comes late. He comes late to, to Minnesota because he's supposedly sick. But while he's in Minnesota, he's, he's, he's well enough to go to a Rick Ross concert. All right. So, again, we're going to talk about that when we get back. We'll take a break and, and go pay some bills. And we'll be right back to get down with Hurley Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Family, we are back. And we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, Bill Belichick, making the decision not to play I'm not going to say the best defensive player that they have, but arguably one of the best defensive players that they have, maybe the best defensive back that they got on the field. In the Super Bowl, which is the biggest game of the season for the National Football League. So, Coach Keel, again, you've coached. I mean, you, you've been on that side of the ball for a long time. Do you make that decision? Well, that's a great question, but... To me, I don't really know the facts. Like, until you were telling me, I didn't even know what he had done. I didn't even know if Belichick had actually announced what he had done to get suspended or to get benched, you know, and because he actually played on special teams, like you said. But to me, I know how good Malcolm Butler is, and I don't know the 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 actual – thing that ha- that occurred. I don't know what happened. But, you know, I'm sure they have a policy, and if he violates that policy, then, then you know, I guess Belichick just pulled the trigger. But the bottom line is, a player of that magnitude in a game that's that close could have easily been the difference in the game. Yeah. Big, big search, what are your thoughts on this? Um, well, like we were saying during the break, I, I mean, I, I'm not really surprised by what had happened because that's kind of like the Patriot way to be quite, quite honest with you. I mean, there's only one person that gets their exclusivity card, which is Tom Brady, and everybody else is interchangeable parts. So if you break the rules there, the, you know, Belichick, he's proven in his. I mean, he sent a guy home, um, you know, mm-hmm. it was like, what, two, it was about two Super Bowls ago where he sent a, he cut a kid, uh, or, you know, right the week before, the, you know, during the Super Bowl, or he's been guys, you know, so he's done stuff like that. So, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's, just, you know, the, the Patriot way is that every, everybody's expendable. Everybody's interchangeable parts. If you don't apply to the rules and the policies of the organization, then you can sit down. Now, a quality guy like him, who do, who was the Super Bowl MVP just two years ago, I mean, that seems a bit crazy to me. And uh, But I don't really, th- you listen, I don't, I don't know if it had really, it was going to have really that profound effect on the game because, to be quite honest with you, no one's really talking about the fact that Nick Foles, was simply right there. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, he, he yeah. was off. I mean, yeah. he made himself a lot of money, and I, I don't understand. Like, well, I, we all know he's not coming back to Philly. I mean, you win a Super Bowl and you Super Bowl MVP. There's no way you can go back to Philadelphia as a backup. Well, actually, so, I mean, he does. They got him under contract for another year. 
Well, that you know, listen. Really, you really think that you don't think that they can go that contract? What's that contract worth? Seven million? Exactly. It's a seven million dollar mm-hmm. contract. So somebody offers them eighteen, twenty. You don't think they're gonna they're gonna buy out that contract and move them to another team or right. trade them for will. a second round pick? I mean, it'd be real for a second. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. and, and that's gonna be an argument that we're gonna have to make. But let's stay on this Malcolm Butler deal real quick because, sir, let's let's say he's with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And y'all are going to the AFC Championship game. Well, they played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. We the now, yeah. to me, and in my opinion, having been on both sides, player, coach, and even at the time that we was at the University of Miami, because of the guys that we came into school with, our coaches don't have to get involved in that. Jimmy Johnson yeah. doesn't have to get involved in that. Because we know how important that game is to us. And we know how important mm-hmm. you are to this team of well, winning this game. You come in, first of all, well, we are already talking about this late stuff. And you're supposed to be one of the leaders. You're supposed to be one of the doggone, the, the leaders of the defense, leaders of the teams, one of those veterans. Like you said, you were just Super Bowl MVP two years ago. How important is this game? You should be teaching those young guys how to prepare well, and how to get ready and how to conduct yourself for this game. So I'm pissed off right well, now, Malcolm. Well, well, I agree with Hurley. Well, I got a story. That I, I, well, Hurley, I actually got a story that contradicts all that that we're talking about right now in preparation for the Super Bowl because I did play in Super Bowl 30 against the Dallas Cowboys, coach under Barry Switzer. And the one thing I did notice about that week during the Super Bowl is that, you know, later on in that week, you know, we had curfew. We had curfews that cut down from no curfew to 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, or whatever. Now, I remember specifically being – it was a it was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday or Thursday. We had the Super Bowl on Sunday. I went to a Magic Johnson concert. I mean, I mean no Magic Johnson party at this club, or whatever. The Dallas Cowboys were in there. Pittsburgh Steelers were in there. We were having a good and great time. So all the guys are looking at their watches. The Steelers guys are looking at their watches, and we like, look, we got curfew. We got to go. The Cowboys didn't have any curfew. They didn't have any curfew on that Thursday before the game. So we're getting up or whatever. They're teasing us about going. To the, to the hotel having curfew and that whole time we're thinking that week is like yeah y'all keep farting we're going to tear that ass up on Sunday and they end up winning the game so I mean that's a I mean that's just that's I mean that's a that's a pure contradiction of hey getting ready because I know the Cowboys party that whole week prior yeah, to that game on Sunday but they end up they end up still winning that game I mean Listen, granted, our quarterback threw two touchdowns that led to 14 points that cost us the game. But I'm just saying that, that our whole mentality with the Steelers during that whole week was that we saw the Cowboys out partying, have a good time, da 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 da, because they had been there. We had never been there. We were doing the right things, going to you know making sure we make it curfew that nobody getting in trouble, and we show up on Sunday and they still beat us. So I mean. I don't know. I don't know how many other stories out there like that, but I could just give you that one. When I played in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 30, is that Cowboys party, their, their behinds off that whole week, and they still end up winning the game. So I know what yeah. you're saying, Hurley. A game big, this big, you know, this as, as proportionate as the, as the Super Bowl is, you want to do the right things and not cost your team any capacity. So whatever Malcolm Butler may or may have not done, I mean, it could have, you know, it probably in some factors may have cost them uh, maybe a, a back-to-back Super Bowl. Yeah, but Leon, let me ask you a question. The Friday or Saturday before the game, even the guys at party know Saturday night, you got to have your ass in there getting ready. 
I mean, I'm with Hurley on this. Well, like, well listen, well, we, Thursday night was the last time we could really go out, okay? Yeah. So we had curfew, but the Cowboys didn't. So Friday, that's when we all picked up and we went to another hotel to keep, you know, keep us away from the media and family and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that Thursday was kind of like that last night, but, you know, Coach Cowell gave us a 1.30 curfew, and we were leaving to go for curfew, and the Cowboys were still out because they said they didn't have curfew. So, you know, they joked us about leaving and having curfew like that, and so all the guys were thinking, okay, y'all stay y'all stay our asses out and party and have a good time. We're going to tear their ass up on Sunday, and we end up losing the game anyway. Yeah, right, but here, here's my thought, though, sir. It's not the actual action. It's not the fact that he was out, and you know, even with the Cowboys. You know, cause, because collectively, like Kevin said, well, we can party all the way up until the night before the game. And then we know how to get ourselves back together. The issue with this is, I think it's deeper than that. To me, it's a distraction. Yeah. Because because the first day we show up, you know, and, and again, you, everybody's worried about their brother now. Everybody's trying, hey, man, hey, man, what, what Malcolm at? Hey, man, you talk to Malcolm? So now, instead of us giving our 100% focus to the game, the game plan, what we got to do this week. We worried about well, well, boy, everything well, okay? Well, to Anything be, could happen. To be quite honest with you, the whole week is a distraction. I mean, a lot of that stuff that I was partaked in when I was doing Super Bowl Thirty, I didn't want to be a part of it, but you know, obligated through my contract, I had to show up to certain stuff. I had to do media this, media that. I had to be here. I had to be there. You know, I just wanted to play the game, to be quite honest with you. I mean, and that was like almost 25 years ago. So you can imagine some of these guys' obligations that they have in this day and age or stuff that they got to show up to, be here, be there, show here, meet fans, meet the press and all that kind of stuff. I mean. Yeah, so so you already have those fixed distractions. You already have things that you're obligated to do. And then when you compile, now you're just piling on. And again, I, I don't know all the details, but I do know if if, if we if we're supposed to be somewhere, and my brother's not there, I'm concerned because of everything well, that just yeah. happened. Every, you know, this well, Butler this him, I think they gave him the benefit of the doubt on the flight because of the sickness. And then the second thing is when no, Belichick was like. <laughs> Ultimately, no, they didn't. But again, to me... Kevin, so I'm going to ask you this question. So when we was playing college on the Coach Johnson, we had a national championship game we had to go to, and you missed the flight, and you told Coach Johnson, hey, Coach, I missed the flight because I was sick. How do you think that would fly? Well, first of all... Hey, hold on, Kevin. Hold on. we got to take a break. Don't answer that yet. Don't answer. We're going to take a break. And again, Coach Keogh, you know the answer better than anybody. But uh, when Kevin comes back with this lie he's about to tell... <laughs> then you, you can go ahead and interject and let everybody know he's lying. But anyway, we're going to take a break and go pay some bills real quick. We'll be right back with the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. 
Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Get Down with Hurley Brown. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to thegetdownwithhurleybrown at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, family, we're back. And just before we, we took a break, Leon Cersei asked Kelvin Harris, if we were if we were getting ready to go play for the national championship, which we actually played for three, one of those national championship games, and Coach Kehoe and myself are going to give you all a story about one of the players who made that same call. And Kelvin Harris called Jimmy Johnson, who was our head coach, Hall of Fame coach, National Football League, won Super Bowls, whole nine yards. Kelvin Harris called Coach Johnson and told Coach Johnson, finish the question, sir. If he – go ahead. If he asked oh, Coach ahead. Johnson – you got it? Go ahead, sir. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Ask the question. I'm good. If, if Kelvin Harris would have called Coach Johnson when we're getting ready to get on the plane and tell Coach Johnson that he's sick, that he's not going to make the plane, Kelvin, what do you think Coach Johnson's answer would be? Well, first let me start by saying I wouldn't call Coach Johnson and say I'm not going to make the plane. I just basically would get my transfer paper ready because I know okay. not All making right. that plane was the equivalent to saying I'm transferring. Okay. We know how Jimmy was. You don't exactly. miss playing. Coach Keogh, remember, do you remember, we had to be at the meetings five minutes early to be on time. Actually, exactly. ten minutes early. Hey, Coach Keogh, do you remember the night we were getting ready to go play? Um, and, and I wasn't there at that particular time, so I don't know. I wasn't there, but I, I, I've gotten it from the horse's mouth himself. Kenny Berry's father had gotten shot. Now, it was not a, a fatal injury, but the dad did get shot the night wow. before the University of Miami was supposed to get on the plane and travel to the bowl game. National championship game. I want to say it was 1986 against in Arizona for the, in the Fiesta Bowl. He calls. You remember that, Coach? Oh, oh, against, oh, okay. I remember the Arizona game. Yep. Yeah. And against Penn State. But Kenny Berry, who was a backup corner at the time, calls Jimmy Johnson, tells Jimmy, or, you know, confides in Jimmy that, hey, look, Coach, I'm not going to make it. Can I come up on the second wave? My dad got shot last night, and we're all at the hospital with him. Kenny was on that airplane. (laughs) Wow. Kenny was on the airplane. It was just as simple as that. And, again, it's – it, again, if, had it been a life-threatening injury, you know, Coach Johnson, he would have, you know, I mean, he would have had some leeway. He would have. 
you know, but again, in Coach Johnson's mind at, at that particular time, you can't do anything for your father other than sit there and pray for him. Okay. He knows you love him. What I want you to do is be able to come out here and, and yeah, and, and, and you know, and exactly win the game for him, but it actually helped Kenny because it got his mind off of it. You know what I mean? It took his Hurley, mind off Hurley, of it. it I re- Hurley, do you remember yeah. when the New York Giants played Cowboys up at New York for the NF, NF, uh, the NF, NFL NFC Championship and Michael Irvin called him to tell him he was going to be late for the plane and he took off without him anyway. Wow. Wow. To start the game. I'll be doggone. Well, that's what I'm saying. Bill Belichick is cut the same clothes. In traffic or something, he called up to, t- to t- I'm pretty sure it was Michael Irvin and, and, and he ended up taking a plane after that and then got up there and, uh, and they and they benched him for the start of the game. I don't know for a series or two. Okay, okay, but but again, so, to, to me, so you know, well, what Malcolm did. All kinds of tales in this game oh, yeah. no about doubt. guys no for whatever and, reason couldn't make couldn't make it to meetings, couldn't make it to. That's why you got coaches that are staying up all night calling, and you got you like you say the players policing it too, and. Sometimes you just can't get it done, but that's kind of for the for the Patriots to go to eight Super Bowls and for this guy to be to do whatever he did, and then for Belichick to bench him, man, that's saying a whole lot, you know? Oh, yeah, that's saying a whole lot. But again, like we said earlier, nobody's talking about how Nick Foles just carved him up. Again, like a turkey on hey, Corey, Corey Clement had the game of his life. I mean, every time he touched the ball, it was for an explosive play. It's not a touchdown. I mean, he well, ran that, you, that wheel route to perfection. Then the, the catch in the back of the end zone. instead of Corey Clement? Oh, boy. Hey, guys. Hey, I don't know if you guys heard that, but that was the um, that was the, the Falcon launch. SpaceX just launched the first Falcon, uh, had the first Falcon launch in the history of SpaceX. It's a trial run. But I'm sitting here and my house is, 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 is shaking and then we just heard the big, the, um, the sonic boom as it goes through, you know, as it goes out of the atmosphere. But man, we're witnessing history. Yeah, boy, that's, that's pretty cool, fellas. Right here in Merritt Island, Florida. While we're doing the get down with Hurley Brown, we are witnessing history. We witnessed history this past weekend with a guy that was coaching high school football eight years ago, winning the Super Bowl. Another guy, and Nick Foles, who was actually talking about getting out of football completely a couple of years ago, winning the Super Bowl as a backup quarterback, taking his team to the dog, the best, the highest game, the greatest game in the history of high school, I mean, high school, of the NFL, the, the ultimate award of being the Super Bowl MVP, and now he's right here in Orlando, Florida, at Disney World. Wow. Guys, we, we are witnessing greatness. Our guys going to the Hall of Fame, high school coach winning the Super Bowl eight years later, backup quarterback, Super Bowl MVP, winning the MVP, beating Bill Belichick, arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time. 
against a quarterback, well, Tom well, Brady. Well, actually, there's a U.M. relation to this. Doug Peterson was Gino Toretta's backup in the World League at 95 at Ryan. Wow. wow. So we can say Gino taught him how to be a great coach. Hey, hey he was behind the Heisman. Don't you, don't you guys think Doug Peterson called a great game? I think he called an amazing game. Third and four, he they run the ball. Where well, everybody else is throwing the, the ball. The Patriots were going up and down the field, and he said, yeah. I'm going for two. I'm going for it on fourth down. I'm taking chances because we got to take chances if we're going to win. But again, here's a guy, Coach Kehoe, that's sitting there saying, bro, I was just coaching high school football eight years ago. What do I have to lose? Let's, hey, yeah, let's yeah, call nothing well, to lose. Nothing to lose. They call timeout. Well, 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 the most interesting thing about that game is, is in the way Doug Peterson called the game is that that's the way the Eagles have played all year. They took chances. I mean, exactly. it, it was refreshing to, to see them in the Super Bowl because you see teams that, that lose their identity once they get to the big game, what they did all season long. Then when they get to the game, the big game like the Super Bowl, they kind of change things up. They don't take chances. I, I was It was refreshing to see, you know, Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia Eagles not lose their identity because all year they had been that kind of team. They had been, you know – they they've been um, you know unorthodox, taking chances, taking their shots, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that was yeah, that was the only way they were going to get there. The yeah, and I they, tell you what, they had to be. Yeah, they had to be. And, and again, you, when you look at it, right there, uh, right there around halftime, end of end of the first half, beginning of the second half, he started to get a little conservative. And then all of a sudden, he saw a he, he saw a light, and he just hey, and he just started piling on. And well, that, New England scored that touchdown, and I think that scared him back into reality. Exactly. But to me, exactly. I would tell you the difference between this game and the Jacksonville game for New England was Nick Foles because Jacksonville tried to do the same thing. Their quarterback couldn't make the throws. Nick Foles made the throws. Hey, you're absolutely right. Uh-huh. Hey, and Coach Keogh, you, com- you made a comment the other day, actually yesterday, and you were saying with them playing indoors like that, Dude, a lot of the the outdoor factors don't weigh in. And when you look There's at no some doubt. of the throws that both he and Tom Brady were throwing, <laughs> babe, but I'm talking about you you put putting the ball on a rope with some velocity well, just, just think about and this. accuracy. You know, okay, really, so they, it, they had yeah. the most yards in that game of any playoff game in the history of the NFL, right? Well, yeah, I'm going to yeah. say this, and then I got I got to let it go. Tom Brady threw for over 500, well, threw for actually 500 yards, three touchdowns, no, no interceptions. interceptions. They only had one, they only gave up one sack in the game, and they still lose. And they get so, hey, off the pass, though. Yeah, I made it. But again, <laughs> but hey, guys, it was a great game. And again, we're witnessing history. Guys, Ray Lewis, Philadelphia Eagles, Coach Kehoe, Leon Searcy, Kelvin Harris. Thank you. Great show today. I'm going to go in here and take me some more pain pills. Lay down. But I man, got through it. Coach Warnstead, I ain't no Epsom salt. Coach Warnstead, you'd be proud. I delivered the baby. Ray Ellis is up next. And people, stay tuned. He's got a great show for you. He is a Philadelphia Eagle. Ray might be over there partying, so he might be a little late for the show. But I'm sure he's the same way. We know how to just get it done. So thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Same get down time, same get down channel. Be back with my guys. Thank you guys for joining us. 
See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to The Get Down with Hurley Brown. The coach wants you to join us again next week, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll have another great show ready to roll next week. 